Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily podcast on the Denver Broncos, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And the Denver Broncos have taken Super Bowl 50. That's right. You are Locked On Broncos. It is time to drop some knowledge. I am Chad Jensen, the publisher of milehighhuddle.com and with me is my co-host Luke Polglaze, a semi-pro football coach and NFL draft analyst. Luke, did you have a good weekend, my friend? I did. No complaints here. Uh, you know, the the weather is rainy. I'm still waiting for that snow though. Well, there's some there should be some coming your way for those of us living in the Rockies. We we took some some snow over the weekend. As a, a podcast, we are committed to bringing you a daily show focused entirely on your Denver Broncos, and we try to do it at least five days a week. Even in the off season, we're really going to strive uh, to be here for you each and every weekday. And although we're going to talk about the news, we're going to break it down, we're going to analyze it, we're not here to just report it. We're here to do a deep dive on your favorite team, so help us out. Retweet the episodes on Twitter, share them on Facebook, help us get the good word out there, and go check out our work over at milehighhuddle.com. We have exclusive premium Broncos content, kind of more deep dive stuff for the Broncoholics out there. Our premium subscribers get 10% off on tickets, 10% off on Broncos team merchandise through Fanatics, and those of you who've been listening to the show know that I recently... Uh, capitalized on that benefit of saving some money on some Broncos team merchandise. So go check that out. And, of course, follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnBroncos. Hey, you know, the account's been up now after we started it from scratch, I think a solid month or so. And we're up to 200 listeners. And big props and thanks to everyone who has gone and followed the account. But there are thousands more of you listening to this right now who haven't clicked follow on at lockdown broncos so just take a second i know we're busy we got things cooking um and it's easy to to overlook something but just next chance you get do us a solid open the app on your phone and follow at lockdown broncos and of course the home of lockdown broncos is audio boom but make sure to subscribe as well on itunes and if you're a, an android user stitcher's a phenomenal podcast app as well we got another season in the books um the coaching changes Free agencies come in the draft, and you're not going to want to miss a single episode. Now, the Denver Broncos, since last we talked to you, have hired a special teams coordinator. Brock Olivo uh, was the choice. Now, John Elway and, and Vance Joseph, they wanted Dave Tobe, Kansas City special teams guy, whom they also interviewed for the head coaching job. But they were unable to, to turn that ship. And to be honest, Luke, my thoughts on that, too, is it would probably would have been unlikely Andy Reid would have allowed Tobe uh, to leave for a, a lateral position. So they went with the next best guy in their book, which was Tobe's assistant, Brock Olivo. Now, this is a guy, just so you know, his track record um, back in 1997 as a Missouri Tigers player, Olivo was awarded the Mosi Tatupu Award for the top special teams player in college football. And when he did leave the college ranks, he left as his school, as Missouri's, um, all-time leading rusher. Then as a pro, the, this is a guy who was mo mostly a special teams ace, but also kind of a backup running back and fullback. 
Um, he led his his team, the Detroit Lions, twice in in uh, special teams tackles, and um, his pro coaching career, believe it or not, only started back in 2014 under Dave Tobe in Kansas City. Now, Luke, the 40 year old Olivo certainly fits the kind of bright young ideal that that John Elway has used to kind of inform his coaching hires since Gary Kubiak chose to step down. Right, and he really does. And if you kind of look at the situation, if you can't, if you can't hire the guy in Tobe, you know, just hire the next best man, his assistant. Um, and I think I'm really excited for one to see uh, the coaching that Olivo is going to bring in because, you know, if you look at his track record, this is a guy who played special teams extremely well in college. Um, he knows the game of football inside and out. Uh, I mean, he got his jersey number uh, number retired by Missouri, which you don't see that often with college programs. I mean, they've yeah. done that for just a small handful of guys so for him to to come in and have that much expertise and to be breaking into a coordinator level position after so short a time as a as a coach I think is is major a major step forward for him and I think really kind of uh, is speaking to what Denver sees in him as a coach absolutely you know and that kind of leads into our next topic and what we're going to do is we're going to sink our teeth into a couple of of our listeners Broncos questions your questions and we love the mailbag it's great for us because it kind of allows us to, to stay engaged with you, our listeners, and uh, to know what's on your mind. And the first thing that kind of tied in somewhat to, to the Brock Olivo hire comes from Miguel A. Montoya, at MiguelDIO777. Miguel asks, did we make the right choice at coach? And, of course, um, you know, Miguel, I'm sure, is referring to Vance Joseph. And it's a great question. And you know, those listening know, obviously, it's no secret that Kyle Shanahan, you know, was my first choice being on the outside looking in. After watching what the Atlanta Falcons have done all year, and then in the playoffs and most recently to Green Bay, Shanahan's offensive acumen, I think, would have been great for Paxton Lynch uh, and the Broncos. But that being said, the Broncos chose Vance Joseph. You know, whether it was Shanahan, whether it was Joseph, or even Dave Tobe, we knew that the three guys Denver had their eyes on uh, was going to be a first-time head coach. Okay, And that being said, let's look at Joseph's strengths and why the Broncos hired him. First and foremost, you know, <clears throat> we have to talk about the leadership and really Joseph's ability to connect with players and control a locker room. And that's easier said than done. After the way the team kind of went off the rails late in the season, the Broncos' uh, brain trust really felt like they needed a stronger hand in that department. Joseph is also connected to the the Broncos ethos, if you will, through his time as a Gary Kubiak assistant in Houston. He was actually considered to be Kubiak's right-hand man uh, during that time, especially 2012 and 2013. That's according to Mike Kliss, by the way. And there was some familiarity in that regard. Plus, of course, you go back to his interview in 2015 where he really did blow the Broncos away. Then we have Joseph's you know, defensive experience. And, you know, you look at Wade Phillips, what he said when he left for the, the Rams job. He said the Broncos are going to be fine because, quote, Vance knows what I know. Um, so there's going to be, you know, obviously continuity on defense was going to be a, a priority as well for the Broncos. And then lastly, the Broncos like Joseph because of his uh, organizational skills, a very organized individual, and his management skills. Joseph's a guy that's going to delegate many of the responsibilities that Wade on Kubiak which will allow Joseph to focus more on 
you know, big picture. The team felt like Kubiak was a little too close to see some of the issues, I think, that plagued the Broncos late in the year. Now, all this being said, Luke, let's start with you. Miguel's asking if Vance Joseph was the right choice. And obviously this early, they haven't played any football. You know, you can't say anything absolutely. But off the cuff, what's your answer for Miguel? Well, I think the first thing that you have to look at is they get the chance to build a staff right now. And San Francisco, by hiring Kyle Shanahan, they're going to have to wait until February to get him as a coach in the building because right now the Atlanta Falcons are in the Super Bowl. So they're going to have to wait that much longer, um, about two and a half, three weeks by my estimation, uh, for them to get their head coach in the building and for him to start working with players and you know working with them instead of getting you know getting his focus set on getting a ring, uh, which is a big deal. You know that much time can make a difference, and it's why we saw so many of these coaches snap up guys like Shanahan, like um, Josh McDaniels in New England because they were easier, because they were kind of open sooner, and because they could bring them in. Yep. Now the flip side of that is. You know, do you sometimes sacrifice the quality of the guy that you're getting? Maybe. Uh, to me, I like Vance Joseph. I like what he can do as a coach. He's always been known as a player's first coach. And see, to me, I really value that. Um, I, you know, I don't want to say that Shanahan is a better choice, but as of right now, um, I think Joseph is going to get more experience with this team right away. Uh, I think long term, though, uh, I, I'm just not ready to make a decision who is uh, who is the better candidate just yet. Right. And one thing I'll say is. You know, I think one thing that this this most recent coaching, uh, you know, musical chairs kind of hammered home to me once again is the fact that timing and that the expediency involved with, you know, building a staff is much more of a driving factor in, you know, these front office decisions to hire a head coach than many analysts, you know, realize and give credit to. And, And of course, that trickles down to the fans. Vance Joseph, one of the main attractive things, and and that's a great point, Luke, is the fact that he could immediately begin uh, on the job and start assembling his staff. And you look at how important that is because the Broncos were able to get Mike McCoy, who is going to be one of the hottest names on the offensive coordinator market this year. They were able to get Bill Musgrave, who also was going to be one of the hottest names on the market, and who the Broncos actually were able to to get um, as a – you know, he stepped down going to to quarterbacks coach, <clears throat> excuse me, because the Broncos also said, hey, we're going to make you assistant head coach. And those type of hires, they might have had to have, um, you know, um, looked past or they wouldn't have been available to him if they would have said, hey, we're going with Shanahan because that process really wouldn't have been able to get started till after the Super Bowl. So that's a much bigger factor. And, and even though you don't want like to think of it necessarily in that way that you know, teams are sacrificing, quote-unquote, the right guy for the expediency of timing and building a staff. Now we understand how big of a role that really is. And really, my answer to you, Miguel, is this. Um, you know, for me, Vance Joseph was, was the second guy. And like Luke, there's no way for me to tell you right now if he was absolutely the right choice. What I do like is I think we can take a look at the staff he's he's by and large, mostly assembled around him now. I think it's actually done because they hired the tight ends coach um, over the weekend as well. And the direction he went and the, the names and the minds and the football acumen that has been, um, you know, invested back into this team is very impressive. And I think Luke is going to serve to set this team, which is still mostly a young team, up for the foreseeable future. 
Yeah, I completely agree. And when you've got a young coach who's coming in, you know, he's been playing this uh, game pretty recently compared to some of these other head coaches. He's young. He has the experience working directly with those players as a position coach. I think that's exactly what you want to see um, from uh, from a young head coach in this league. Now, one more question we're going to take today is from Jacob Smith at JS Mile High ninety seven ninety eight. Jacob asks. How will the Broncos address the upcoming secondary decisions? TJ Ward's last year, re-sign Bradley Roby, question mark. Hashtag, of course, no fly zone. The Broncos um, have already begun, of course, to address the the long-term issue of the no fly zone. They drafted two safeties last year in Justin Simmons and Will Parks, and then the year before that drafted two cornerbacks. Um, you got to keep Talib, Chris Harris Jr., Darian Stewart. These are guys that are all locked up uh, contractually, uh, contractually for the next few years. And then, you know, as you intimated there, Jacob, you got T.J. Ward. He's entering a contract year. Mile High Huddle's very own Adam Uribis wrote a, kind of a pros and cons piece a few days ago on the prospect of holding on to Ward. And I think, obviously, the pros outweigh the cons there as far as, you know, letting him play out his contract year and then seeing what happens. You got Roby entering his fourth year. I think you, you can expect, Luke, that the Broncos are going to, as a first-round pick, option Roby's fifth year, keep him in the fold one more. You know, so that's two years there with Roby. Then, of course, Lorenzo Doss, Torian Nixon, and Kayvon Webster. And Webster, you know, he's set to be a free agent, but I think the Broncos are going to make kind of a David Bruton type of effort to re-sign him as their uh, special teams captain. But, Luke, let me ask you this. You know, relating this to Jacob's question, do the Broncos, do you you see them needing to make any moves in free agency or the draft to bolster the secondary? Because I am told that this draft class is relatively deep at defensive back. Yeah, well, it does have some pretty good uh, depth at cornerback. It's what you like to see from a a draft. You know, there are going to be guys getting pushed down to the fourth round with, like, second, third round grades. So, you know, if you want to take a cornerback, just kind of bring him in, bolster the depth. I would absolutely do it in this draft. It's like the it's like the draft a couple of years ago um, when it was you know Odell Beckham, Sammy Watkins receivers in the first round. You know, go out there, take a wide receiver. You know, if there's that many of them, it's it's worth it just to get that value. Um, now, of course, in that draft, I believe it was Denver went out and took a wide receiver, and that was Cody Latimer. Um, so you know, there there are two sides to every coin. But in this kind of draft, I think there's going to be a running back, there's going to be a cornerback, and there's going to be an edge rusher for everybody in this draft. All of those positions are absolutely stacked and I think plenty of teams are going to have the resources to go out and pick up some of those guys because you know when a draft is this good it's worth getting your hands on some of those guys Uh, we saw several talented underclassmen declare at the cornerback position on top of an already very very good senior class and what I really like about this class of cornerbacks so far is you know, there's depth and there's kind of a, a lot of uh, variety going on in this class. You've got guys who are pretty pro ready. You've got guys who are going to be able to come in and start. And then you've also got some real physical kids who you can come uh, and, you know, have them come in and you can bring them along and mold them into what you want from a cornerback. So this is a scout's dream of a class. And this is both uh, and that and a coach's dream of a class as well. You look at the Shane Raid pick, you look at the Bradley Roby pick, you know, if if the Broncos see a guy as being a blue chip talent and he's there, you know they're they're probably going to make the the pick. I mean, when the Broncos drafted Bradley Roby, okay, back in what was it 2014, um, they had just signed Akib Talib. Chris Harris was was had turned the corner, 
And so there was a lot of questions there as to, you know, why are they going with a corner in the first round, especially a guy who went into that draft with some off-the-field issues. But the Broncos just felt like he was such a talent they couldn't afford to pass up on him and became rich at the position. Now look at him. I mean, Roby's played a very key role in the no-fly zone being the top-ranked passing defense in the NFL uh, for two straight years. And then even Shane Ray, now obviously not a defensive back, but I don't think anybody going into last in the 2015 draft, I should say, really felt like edge rusher or outside linebacker was a quote-unquote need for the Broncos. But Shane Ray, a guy who they had rated as their number 10 player on their big board, fell to him at, I believe it was 23, if I'm thinking off the top of my head. And so they said it's a no-brainer. And look, now you've got DeMarcus Ware, who's um, quite a ways on the wrong side of 30, just played out his final year on his contract, his future's up in the air. But now they've got a guy in Shane Ray who's got two solid years of experience under his belt. He's built up an NFL body. Um, You know, he put eight sacks on the board last year um, behind DeMarcus Ware. So you never know how it's going to shake out. But at the end of the day, you know, if, if the talent is there, um, and the Broncos feel like the value is right, if it's a corner or a safety um, or any player from a position of strength, that's not going to necessarily, Luke, uh, prohibit them from making the pick. Yeah, I completely agree. And when you have an already talented um, roster top to bottom, it's never going to hurt for you to go out and take another guy because um, those guys, you can get them to contribute on special teams and bring them along further to hit the field uh, on offense or defense. Good stuff. Hey, we received a few other questions on Twitter. If we didn't get to yours tonight, um, I promise you we'll try and get to it at some point this week. Be sure to go follow at Locked On Broncos on Twitter. You can find Luke in the Twitterverse at Luke Polglaze and myself at Chad and Jensen. We love hearing from you, so hit us up and check out the other killer podcasts on the network. Locked On NFL Draft is rising up the iTunes charts. You're going to want to check that out. Locked On NFL, especially when free agency rolls around, you're going to want to be tuned in. And don't forget to subscribe. For Luke, I'm Chad. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Mile high huddle. <laughs>